Welcome to the Choose Life Radio Network. Your host is Jill Taylor. Every week we bring you a candid conversation with someone who's making a difference for the cause of life. And now here's Jill to introduce today's guest on Choose Life Radio. It's been said by many people that our nation is being torn apart. Why? What issue might be big enough to break America in two? Today we have a guest who can address the issue that has divided our nation, that being the potential end of Roe v. Wade. Mary Sock, Director of Center for Human Dignity at Family Research Council, welcome back to Choose Life Radio. Thanks so much for having me. You aren't new to us, Mary. We had a delightful time with you several months ago when you shared your personal story about having a miscarriage. Would you bring our guest up to speed about what you experienced and how it impacted you and your husband? Sure, yeah. About a year and a half ago now, my husband and I found out that we were pregnant and we were thrilled. And over the course of the next few weeks, we uh, experienced a miscarriage and it was very much an up and down day-to-day situation where one day everything looked fine and the next it didn't, and the next it looked fine. But we saw our little baby boy's heart beating, and that was a huge gift. Um, and we were able to get an ultrasound picture of him in the you know, the very, very early stages. And the day after we had that ultrasound picture, actually, I miscarried. Hmm. I was very blessed to have friends and family who were so loving and supportive and kind during that time. But I noticed, too, you know, there were other people who, when I mentioned that I miscarried and when I mentioned how devastated both my husband and I were, the conversation became very awkward. There was a, an attempt to brush it under the rug, a, a thought that it, it wasn't actually anything to be upset about or that it was just something, um, something that we would get over. What I realized over time was that this, the way that we treat miscarriage is the only way that we can treat miscarriage in a culture where over 60 million babies have been killed because of an abortion. And the majority of those babies who are killed in abortions are killed at the same gestational age as our little one died. And so in order to not be overwhelmed by how horrific that is, Many people trivialize miscarriage, and it's not something to be trivialized. It is a human being and the death of a human being whose life will impact mine and my husband's and my parents' and uh, his aunts and uncles forever. That really has been a beautiful, beautiful experience for us, recognizing in a very intimate way the humanity of a little tiny baby um, about the size of my thumbnail. Oh, Mary, that's extremely poignant the way you shared that story in a, in a quick time here. I want you to talk now, if you don't mind, about your position as Director of Center for Human Dignity at Family Research Council, but not just what you do there. What brings you the most joy? Well, I'm very blessed to work at Family Research Council. It's a place where people not only recognize the dignity of the human person from the moment of conception until the moment of natural death, but they work to further that. They work to change hearts and minds so that others come to recognize the dignity of the human person and the beauty of the gift of life, that it's a beautiful gift from God. 
but they also live that, you know, just one example is on Friday night, I was asked to be on our radio show, which is televised as well as streamed rather. And, you know, my husband had to work. And so we were scrambling and we opted to have my son stay here with me in hopes that he would play quietly as I was on the show. And he's, he's 10 months old. So you took a long time to explain to him how he needed to be quiet. <laughs> Everything would be good if he just didn't make a noise. <laughs> right, right. Well, and sure enough, the second I started talking, he started screaming his little heart out. And it continued on until about five seconds before I finished speaking. And before I could even send a text message to our communications team, before I could send off an email apologizing for what had happened, I had multiple text messages and emails from my coworkers at FRC saying they loved hearing his voice, that he reminds us why we're here. And, and it was just such a culture of life moment, right, where they could have seen it as, well, he ruined the show, <laughs> but instead they chose to see it as, that's why we have a show, so little babies can be heard. Exactly. Well, that might have been a thing that brought the most joy, but it might have also been the thing that brought the most pain for you. So <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking as I was getting ready to come into the next question for you, that at the beginning, I said our nation is being torn apart. And I think there's something very similar when we compare what really happens in abortion. There is a pulling, a tearing, a killing of a child in a womb. And I think that it's a topic that we want to listen without being hurtful or demeaning. But because this topic really seems to cause the thermometer to soar, how are we supposed to deal with this in the midst of the Supreme Court issue that we have just had recently? Well, I think the first is to recognize that God loves each and every one of us and that he loves those who are pro-abortion and he loves those who are pro-life. That doesn't mean that all of our actions are pleasing to him, right? But I think that we need to do our best to mirror the heart of Christ and lead with love. So when we're speaking about abortion, we need to recognize that those to whom we're speaking may have had abortions, or they may have someone in their family who had an abortion. I don't think that there are many who are actively pro-abortion who just got to that position by accident. I think that most people who are there are there because abortion has somehow affected them, and they're mostly speaking from a point of pain. And so our position has to be one of love, it has to be one of compassion, and one that seeks to understand where they are, and then to draw them out of that position and to ultimately draw them closer to Christ. That's well spoken. I think that that ought to be shared whenever people are thinking they're going to go stand in front of an abortion clinic, that it's the words that they say that will impact that woman. And if it's a loving discussion, it's I care about you. I care about that child that's in you. What can we do to help you? We have people that will help you. Those are all such positive things. And if we are screaming at them and holding signs, you're a killer, you're a baby killer, 
I don't think we gain anything. Thank you for that difference, that huge difference. We've seen a lot of the abortion-minded people who are struggling right now with the fear that Roe v. Wade will go back, will take a different look. We won't have this Supreme Court ruling anymore. The court says this isn't our issue. This is something that must go back to the individual states to decide. What do you think about that? How is this going to work? You know, over the last several days since the leaked opinion, we have seen the pain that those in the pro-abortion movement feel being expressed in acts of violence, in anger, in threats towards the justices. And I think that we really need to focus on healing for those who have been hurt by abortion. But we also need to recognize that whether or not someone has the right to live is not something that we should be voting on. That is something that should be a given. We must work for the day when every state protects an unborn child from the moment of conception and when America recognizes that an unborn child in the womb is deserving of the right to life. The overturning of Roe v. Wade uh, is something to celebrate, and, and it's something that we should be excited about and that should energize us. But we also have to recognize that this is not by any means the end of our fight for unborn children and for their mothers. This is really just the beginning of the next phase. We are with our guest, Mary Sox. We'll be right back on Choose Life Radio. Choose Life Radio believes that life is a sacred gift from God and should be treated as such. Our purpose is to share in-depth conversations with persons who have a direct connection to the life issue. These conversations encourage, inspire, and shine the light of God's amazing grace on a lost and hurting world. Your gift today, whatever the size, will help us continue to expand the reach of these life-affirming conversations. You can give generously online by visiting chooseliferadio.com. Just click the donate button at the top of the page, or you can mail your gift to Choose Life Radio, Post Office Box 36622, Canton, Ohio 44735. That's Choose Life Radio, Post Office Box 36622, Canton, Ohio 44735. That address is also posted at chooseliferadio.com. Your gift helps keep this life-affirming message on the radio. Now let's get back to the conversation. Welcome back to Choose Life Radio. I want you to know I thank you for your words of encouragement, your prayers, your kind financial support. We cannot do this without you. And I hope you know that we are hearing from women who changed their minds about having an abortion after catching one of our discussions. I'm so grateful to get the chance to talk with these women, and I know in the future we will have more women speaking up about the pressures they have faced by parents, by boyfriends, close friends, and and even by their pastor or another significant person of importance in their lives. Our guest today is Mary Sock. Mary, when we ended the first portion of this interview, You said that there is going to be a new season, in essence, a new thing that's going to take place. Would you explain what you think is going to happen now that this is probably going to, likely going to go back to the each state? 
Well, I think that we'll see a fight for unborn children's lives and for their mother's hearts at the state level. I think that it's going to require that those in the pro-life movement are very supportive of pregnancy resource centers and of women and men who find themselves in unplanned pregnancies. I think it's going to require that we prioritize unborn children when we go to the voting booth and that we vote pro-life at every single level, from the school board to the state legislature to the congressional level. Because Congress has a role to play in this, too. They're not just off the hook here. It's not just the states who, who need to pass legislation protecting unborn children's lives. We need members of Congress to prioritize that as well. But the, the bulk of what will be happening will occur at the state level. And so I think that this will be a much more local issue. It will involve difficult conversations with neighbors about what an abortion is and how it occurs and the hearts that it breaks. And those conversations are challenging, but we need to have them. What do you say about the fact that the Congress is so silent at this point? Well, up until this point, Congress has been unable to pass significant pro-life legislation in a large part because we're not in the majority. We're, we're on defense right now. But we're doing as much as we can to prevent those in the pro-abortion movement from working to do things like codifying abortion on demand up until the moment of birth paid for by taxpayers. And pro-life members of Congress have been working very hard to make sure that that doesn't happen. So I think that if Roe is overturned, if legislators are once again given the ability to pass laws protecting unborn children in the womb, and if pro-lifers gain the majority in Congress again, I think we'll see a shift. You know, there's a horrible story that's been shared with me about the loss of five babies that they found, all of them at full term. There was a, a doctor, Cesar Santagello, I'm not pronouncing it correctly, will you do it for me? <laughs> yeah, Dr. Santangelo. And his abortion facility is in Washington, D.C., and they found five fully developed babies there in the trash. What in the world? I mean, this has got to be, that shit, that's criminal. It's killing people. And it's so obvious. It really is. And um, what's interesting about this story is that the mayor of D.C., when responding to members of Congress who pointed out that these five babies, their deaths may very well have been the result of an act of infanticide, an act of partial birth abortion, or just an act of neglect where they were just left to die after they were born. But when members of Congress asked why their deaths hadn't been investigated, the mayor of the District of Columbia, Mayor Bowser, pointed to the fact that she believed that those who recovered the remains of these babies, that they were involved in criminal activity. And so there's really been a switch here and a failure to recognize evil for what it is. And this situation certainly is evil, along with those five babies who were recovered there were 110 other babies who were found. Those were first trimester, likely 
babies who were aborted in the first trimester. But this situation has brought to life that all 115 were unborn children. They were beautiful creations of God, deserving of dignity and respect. They were persons, and each of them had the right to life. And in each of those cases, Dr. Santangelo opted to kill those children. So we need to pray for his conversion. Yeah. Will there be any kind of trial for that? At this point, no. In fact, there has been no investigation into what occurred there at all. And this is because they pretend like it's not happening. But the evidence of these five fully developed babies proves otherwise. You know, it must be very, very hard to want children badly and then realize that you can't actually have a child. And to listen to this interview and to recognize that they're being thrown away. These kids are being born and thrown away has got to be heart-crushing for some of our listeners. I want to just stop for a second and say a, a prayer over you and over our listening audience for just a sec. Father God, I come to you knowing the pain of those who have had abortions after watching the center that I've been involved with. Person after person comes in and regrets what they've gone through. But also, person after person comes in and can be talked to. Lord, we ask that you speak into their hearts. We ask that you take the people such as Mary today, who have, have experienced losing a child and just weeping over that, that these people will begin to interact with those who are yelling and screaming at us so that we can get down to the hurt and the harm that they have. We ask this, Father, in your holy name as the creator of life. Jesus, amen. Mary, I, I, I think this is really difficult for all of us to hear, and I appreciate that you're involved in the ministry that you're involved in. Was this a surprise for you to go from not being able to have a child, having a child, and working all of a sudden in an organization that is as strong as Family Research Council? Well, I think life with Christ is a beautiful adventure. <laughs> so <laughs> I think every day is a surprise. He has so many different and beautiful things in store for us. I could not have imagined working in the job that I'm working in. Um, I couldn't have imagined being blessed with the wonderful husband that I have and the beautiful little boy. And I couldn't have imagined the way that the miscarriage of our first son, um, that that would impact us for the rest of our lives and, and the gift that that would be. So, yes, incredibly surprising and beautifully so. You know, I want our listener to reach out, not only have people listen to this entire story, because your story is very vivid, but to share this with your pastor, your Sunday school class, your adult class, your families, especially with grandchildren who are getting ready to go to college. We want to be talking to our kids and talking to our people who are in our churches so that they will be understanding and accepting the truth about abortion instead of buying the lies that they are going to hear about women's rights. 
We want to honor the Heavenly Father who gives us a gift of children in the womb. And I can't wait to think that you will be reunited with that little child. That's going to be a very special time for you, Mary, you and your husband and, and your son. <laughs> that's, that's an exciting thing, that God does hold that child for you. Mary, how can my listener educate people on this topic? Can they connect with Family Research Council to find ways that maybe they can support or help deliver the message of valued life? Absolutely. All of our resources are available at frc.org, and we'd be happy to speak with anyone who reaches out there. You actually have people that will do speaking, is that correct? We do. We do. So a pregnancy center who's looking for someone to really talk clearly about this topic would be a good match to someone in Family Research Council. Absolutely. There's one more question I want to ask, if you don't mind. You know, we... We can easily read the newspaper and get caught up in what's happening. We can get caught up in even the screaming that we see on our television screens, the people who are angry and want to destroy things because they want the right to kill the baby that's within them. And we've talked about this today, but we haven't talked much about the spiritual side of it. Would you be willing to step in a little bit on as Christians, as believers, we want there to be an understanding of what our role is in terms of our responsibility to God. Can you talk about that with us? Absolutely. I think we need to recognize that each of us will be held accountable for our actions, that, you know, what, what you did for the least of my brethren, you did unto me. So we do need to work to help both of them. The abortionists, we need to work to save their souls as well. We need to work for their conversion. And those who are, who are so violently screaming about needing the right to abortion, they need to be met with love. We need to pray daily for their conversion. Now, I think it's so beautiful that God came to us as a little baby, you know, a little baby in Mary's womb. And just thinking about, he was an unborn child whose mother was in what, what the world probably saw as a crisis pregnancy. And I, I think that we need to recognize that as members of the pro-life movement, that that's how God chose to come to us. And we need to work accordingly. That's absolutely true. And I think that anyone who holds a baby today, would you pray for the person who's out there struggling with making these decisions? Mary, I am so blessed by the things that you've shared, your own personal story, as well as what you're doing at Family Research Council. Now more than ever, we need the words to help others understand. And that's what you really gave us just now. I appreciate your being with us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Last week, we had Dave Zanotti with us. He's the president of AP Roundtable, and he shared insights last week regarding Roe v. Wade and the leaked draft decision from the Supreme Court. Do yourself a favor and go back to the podcast section at chooseliferadio.com. Listen to Dave explain in a very nonpartisan way what happened nearly 50 years ago when the court passed down their landmark ruling on Roe v. Wade. 
Dave also provides insights into the leaked draft ruling and what has taken place these past few weeks. He will help you frame and better understand just what's taking place at the court and on the national level. And just moments ago, we featured an interview with Mary Sock, Director for the Center of Human Dignity at the Family Research Council in Washington, D.C. Like so many of our listeners, Mary also has a heart for the Ministry of Local Pregnancy Help Centers and how the anticipated Supreme Court ruling will affect them. Next week, we'll be talking with well-known author and radio personality Janet Parshall. Janet's been broadcasting from the nation's capital for over two decades. She challenges her listeners to examine major news stories and issues, and she speaks to them with the Word of God. Janet will discuss with us the direction of the Supreme Court and the mood that she's sensing, both in Washington, D.C. and around the country. Don't miss this interview. I think you're going to be a little bit surprised with some of the things that Janet shares. And the following week, Choose Life Radio will interview Tom Glessner. Tom's an attorney. He's a founder and president of National Institute of Family Life Advocates, or NIFLA. Tom argued before the court in NIFLA versus Becerra. It was an attempt by the state of California to require pregnancy help centers to advertise where abortions could be secured. The court on June 26, 2018, ruled in favor of NIFLA and the free speech rights of centers not to advertise where abortions could be secured. Once again, you can reach us at chooseliferadio.com or by mailing to our post office box. It's 36622 Canton, Ohio, 44735. I'm looking forward to seeing you again next week at Choose Life Radio. The preceding program was sponsored by the Choose Life Radio Network of Canton, Ohio.